Welcome to the Hidden Entrepreneur Show. My name is Josh Carey. You want in on a little secret? I was in hiding for 40 years. Yeah, I was hiding every part of myself in every situation. And I can tell you one thing, hiding sucks. I'm now on a mission to help extraordinary people like yourself rediscover the world around you, connect beautifully with others, and excel tremendously in all you set out to do. Join in. It's The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Hey guys, the episode you're about to hear was recorded live at the Real Estate Hackers Conference in beautiful Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Podmax was there and we gave the attendees the chance to sit down with me for a bit and share their story. Hope you enjoy. Hey everybody, this is Rachel Sparrow and I am here at the Real Estate Hackers Conference in Lancaster. Pennsylvania. I realized I was saying it wrong. It's <laughs> Lancaster, Pennsylvania with Joshua and Bailey. And I'm so excited to meet you guys. Thank Hi. You. Excited, excited to meet you too. too. Thank you. Thank you. So, okay. Your business name, Ready Realty LLC. And this is a, this is a big conference for you guys because yes, you really like, you're just starting out. We are fresh yes, out of the are. box. Mm-hmm. Fresh out of it. training. Day zero. I love <laughs> it. So you, the paperwork is signed. You guys are, you're mm-hmm. ready to go. Um, what, how do you know each other, first of all? Um, well, we uh, definitely started off in the military together. Um, yeah. I was at uh, um, Marine Corps. Uh, we went to Oki together, and um, we actually didn't even know each other for like the first two months. We were in the same platoon, right? Yeah, we showed up on the island, and then as soon as we showed up on Okinawa, we were sent to mainland Japan, mm-hmm. and it maybe took about maybe a month or two before mm-hmm. we realized that we were in the same platoon. And after that, we just gradually started hanging out more mm-hmm. and more. That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. Now, I feel like the bond and, and brotherhood with Marines oh, yeah. and just, you know, your military family is, a, is such a different kind of a bond. It yes, is. it is. It is. Um, at least from uh, my personal experience, um, honestly, all the brothers and sisters to my left and right were the ones that kept me going. Yeah. You know, because that's all you have when you guys are going through, you know, tough times together and you guys are three or like not even 3,000 miles or more yeah. away from home, you know, and some people get homesick. So you just got to. We always embrace the suck. That's what we embrace say. The embrace the suck. Embrace I feel like that's such a good life lesson. Oh, yes. Embrace the embrace suck. Embrace the suck. That's right. Mm-hmm. Because that's... you're only as strong as your weakest link. So mm-hmm. you embrace it together. You guys pull through together. Carry each other. Mm-hmm. And so how old were you when you enlisted? Uh, so I, I enlisted at 17. And then I was in the delayed program mm-hmm. until right after uh, high school. And then after graduation, a month later, I was in boot camp. And then oh my gosh. I had my 18th birthday scrubbing windows in boot camp. <laughs> oh, my yep. gosh. Bailey, that's crazy. <laughs> yep. That's crazy. All right, Joshua, what about for you? Uh, I was fortunate enough to have a full like summer before uh, I got sent off. But, yeah, straight out of high school, straight into the military. And same thing, scrubbing floors with mops and Actually, not even with mobs. We scrubbed them with, like, yeah, scrubbed toothbrush. Yeah. Maybe I don't no, know. Maybe I've seen too yeah, many movies. That was yeah. That was all Saving Private Ryan and all that <laughs> stuff. Yeah, that's old. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, do you have a military family? Do, what What made you want to join the Marines? 
Um, well, for me, honestly, it was, I was at a point in my life where, in high school, you know, I was mm-hmm. like, okay, do I want to start college? Am I, you see all your friends going out there and you hear all these stories and they may not be doing the right thing. You're like, okay, do I have the discipline to go do it myself? Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. So what I did was I wanted to, you know, get away from home and still have an experience where I could mature myself a little bit enough to, like, you know, pay for my own college, you know, sure. so my parents didn't have to. And so that's what made me want to join. So I could be more independent. That's so responsible. It, it really is. is. And you know what? The, it's such an amazing thing because there's no certain track you have no, to take in life, Mm-mm. you know, and, and maybe college isn't for everybody. It's really not. Um, Bailey, was it the same kind of experience for you? Pretty much. I mean, I, I had a few distant relatives that, that, that served in the military, but I never really uh, talked to them too much. So it was more or less just, I've seen a lot of my older friends just sitting in college. They weren't they weren't having a fun time. It was just a desk and homework, and I didn't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, you're like, I don't yeah. want to play that game. <laughs> exactly. Spend all this money just be miserable doing work. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, I'm stuck in this small town. I was like, I might as well. I mean, I'm young. I'll go out and travel the world for a bit. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh. Definitely good experience. Uh, yeah. Okay, so where did you, did you stay in Japan, or did you get to travel oh, around? We got, we got to go a few places. Yep, so. So, so so we went through boot camp, which was on Paris Island in South Carolina. And, and, then, and then we go to our schoolhouse. And then after our schoolhouse, we... Uh, well, in our case, we ended up going straight to Okinawa, Japan. Okay. And, and then uh, I think after that, we went to uh, California, which honestly for me was a trip because I've never been anywhere besides yes. the East Coast. So straight in the to, desert. Yeah, in, in the, the desert, too. Yeah. It wasn't a good look for California. <laughs> but um, after that, we went to Australia for like six months. Oh, and that was, nice. that was a blast. Really, yeah, okay. Really, really fun. That's amazing. Thailand, Korea, you know. So did you pick up any Japanese when you were in Japan? Skoshi. He did. Skoshi? Yeah, Skoshi. I was actually an English teacher for uh, a volunteer English teacher on base. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what age group did you teach? All of them from, actually, I volunteered at a nursery for kids who were like one, two years old and then went up into a base and teaching from 18 to 70, maybe, whatever, as long as you could come. So that takes a discipline. It does. It really does. And, and how does that work when you don't speak their language? Um, it's pictures a lot of yeah. It's a lot of pictures and hand motions hand signals, and yeah. It's all of that. No. Television. Mm-hmm. Did you use TV as a source of um, like? Actually, no. We use PowerPoints. No. PowerPoint. And stuff like okay. That. Mm-hmm. But um, it was a lot easier when you develop a connection with some uh, a group of people like that, and you guys call each other family. And mm-hmm. then you guys don't even really have to speak the same language because you guys share that connection. So. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's and amazing. And the same thing amongst military members as well. Mm-hmm. You'd be from Texas, from California, New York, everybody just came together because, you know, you, just, you have pretty much no one else to lean on. So. Yeah. Well, that foundation, I think, is going to make all the difference for you guys. Oh, yes. And and fast forward a few years, mm-hmm. here we are. We're at this real estate convention. Mm-hmm. What the heck are you guys doing here? What, what made you want to come here? Oh. Well, it's uh, it's like we said, it's it's day zero of our, of our business being established, and it was like it's perfect time that we saw this as a networking event. Come out here, try to meet some new friends, talk to new people, mm-hmm. all the subject matter experts in this mm-hmm. field, and uh, we start work tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So, That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> That's right. So follow what the smart people making the money That's are doing, right? Exactly. That's what you want to do. What they say yeah. knowledge is power, and that is mm-hmm. what I live by. Knowledge is power. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. So. What made you choose real estate? Well, um, so this one, you know, hits home a little bit for me. Um, my dad passed away in January. Um, and obviously, I'm his, I'm his only child, so I inherited everything. And 
Um, I got the house, and long story short, you know, there was a mortgage on, and they were like, you know, you can figure it out, you know, and we just kind of, I think uh, Bailey was doing real estate. Uh, no, just, I it. mean, I, I obviously just saw Joshua. I mean, he, he was alone in the process, you know, obviously it's a, it's not it a thing is. anyone wants to go to no. alone. And I just brought up the fact, I was like, hey, why don't we look into this, study it on our own mm -hmm. and try to take care of it the best we can, you know, yeah. without without anyone else so that he can get mm -hmm. the most out of it as well. Man, mm -hmm. like true yeah. best friend fashion, right. true wingman, yeah. there for your boy. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry to hear. I, I appreciate that. But I know. You. I mean, this is an audio recording. People can't see you. These two gentlemen are looking dapper. I mean, you know, Slavern in the conference. Some people are wearing jackets, but like oh, yeah. jacket, full suit. Uh, Bailey's got the tie oh, yeah. on. Joshua's a little uh -huh. more more cash with the no tie, but I want to hear a story. Go. Hear a story? Yeah. When we were in Japan, whether it was Japan, Australia, or wherever, we always had at least one suit with us and like three dress shirts. And we every yep. time we went out, every weekend we got Liberty, we were just out dressed up for no reason. Everyone looked at us yeah. funny, but it's fun. Why not? You know what? <laughs> it's when people are looking at you funny, they want to know what you're mm -hmm. all about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Make exactly. them make them ask the questions. Exactly. That will mm -hmm. make the difference, mm -hmm. and, and you'll stand out big time. So, <laughs> yeah. what are your what were your goals for coming to the conference? Just networking and and meeting people yeah. and. For sure, networking, meeting people, because obviously in this kind of business, real estate business, you know, you know, everybody knows it's hard when you don't know anybody, you know, who wants to buy from someone starting off, you know, or mm -hmm. who wants to sell to you, you know, because you sound, you know, like you don't know what you're talking about, so. But you do, I, but you do, and you're yeah. hungry, oh, I can yes. see it. Oh, yeah. yes, we're definitely hungry, and that's and then, why we came here yeah. for that knowledge. Just even just business in general, I mean, obviously we may be new to this, but we understand, like, you got to keep momentum or else you'll get lazy, so. I figured might as well just start right away. Mm -hmm. So networking event, then start driving around and go and, from there. And who better than two Marines? I mean, <laughs> I, I would put all my trust in you. Uh, thank you. Um, I that. <laughs> so what's tomorrow look like for uh, day one in the business? Oh, um, that's, uh, it's from the classic, I'm sure all the older folks in real estate know, the driving for dollars. You know, not many people do that nowadays, but we figured since we don't live in the same state, we would do the groundwork together just so, you know, in the event that we can't do it digitally, at least we can trust each other to go out, you know, and do it on our own. And have the same yeah. process. Exactly. Exactly. So, yep, tomorrow we're just going to be just start the driving for dollars. Just we're going to pick a few neighborhoods near mm -hmm. where we're currently living and just go from there. Mm -hmm. That's incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, I I see big things for you guys. Where can Thank people you. find you? They can find us on Facebook, Instagram at uh, Ready Realty LLC. Um, just hit us up. Send an email. Our, all our contact information is on there. If you have any questions, I mean, we're starting out. I would love to start this journey with all of you or whoever is out there wants to start it. So. And what areas? So you're in different areas. What areas are you in? So Joshua, you're where? I'm in Georgia. Right Georgia. Yes, what part of Georgia? I'm in around the Marietta area. So okay. like 30 minutes from Atlanta. But okay. we plan on doing our real estate, you know, as many places as we can, as long as we know the rules and regulations in sure. each. Yes. And then Bailey, where are you? And then I'm currently in the small town at Gap, like 25 minutes down the street <laughs> from here. Nice. So, Gap, yeah. Pennsylvania. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love it. <laughs> well, guys, it's been a pleasure to speak with you. Thank I you wish so you much, all Thank you. the best. Um, but I don't think you need wishes. You, you have it. You have a strong foundation. Oh, no. we'll, Your friendship seems we'll like it is we'll just stronger support. than anything. Mm -hmm. And uh, Thank you so much, Rachel. Appreciate yes. that. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks for chatting. Mm -hmm. Thank you. How much are you loving this episode? Wouldn't you like to be a guest on shows just like this one? 
sharing your story, creating awareness for what you do. Now you can reach more people and grow your business through podcast guest appearances, gaining fans, generating interest, and finding new clients just by having conversations with the right people. Wondering where to start? PodMax Talent. PodMax Talent is your concierge booking agency for all of your podcast guest appearances. We do all the heavy lifting to fill your calendar by securing you guest spots on the most relevant podcasts in your industry. PodMax Talent is your path to getting your message out so you can start spending time, effort, and energy on the parts of your business that you love. Visit podmaxtalent.com to schedule your discovery call and get a preview of a list of the shows that are right for you. Podmax Talent, have a great show. I'm really excited for this discussion because we did uh, a few minutes of pre-discussion and there's really a lot here that speaks to so much that I love sinking my teeth into, which has nothing to do with real estate or investments. But of course, we're going to tie it all in because we're sitting here at the Real Estate Hackers event in Lancaster, PA. And I'm here with Randy Hughes, who is in fact Mr. Land Trust himself. Yes, so good thank to you. see you, Randy. Thanks for the invite. I appreciate it. Of course. So you've been you've been in this game for forever. How many years have you been doing what you're doing? Uh, five decades. I love that. Five decades. That's fifty plus years to you and me. Right. For those doing the math. Um, so basically, you teach investors how to protect themselves through creating what we call a land trust so the deed is out of their name to avoid some sort of direct vulnerability, right? That's very correct. Very correct. It's, 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 it's so important that real estate investors don't hold title in their name personally, and we'll hopefully have some time to get into some reasons why. Sure. We could certainly lead into that. And why is this so important to you? Your credit's under your belt, five decades worth. You own a property or two yourself? I actually own zero. Okay. Right. I get okay. it now. I see what I did there. Yep. I, yep. Don't, I don't own any property. Um, any properties I'm involved with are owned by trusts. Mm -hmm. And then me or my LLC would own the trust. Right. And there's a significant difference there. Yeah. Uh, because the general public sees in the, in the recorder's office, they look things up, they see the trustee and the trust as the owner. They don't see my involvement, which means that uh, if they, you know, if they want to complain about the neighbors or the dog across the street or whatever it is, whatever their problem is, uh, they're not going to get directly to anybody. And the whole idea here, I, I should... I should preface our talk today. I don't teach people how to do this um, to avoid their responsibilities in life. That's right. Or not pay their bills or whatever it is. But our legal system has devolved into a, a system where it's not about who's right and who's wrong anymore. Hmm. It's about who has the smartest lawyer, who has the most money that, that can keep you going in court and run you out of time, money, or inclination. Uh, you can go broke defending yourself when you're totally innocent in America. And uh, the problem with real estate investing is the more successful you become in real estate, the more of a target you are 
for these nefarious characters that want to sue for frivolous lawsuits. Is that true? That is def definitely true. So this is one of the main things that you're protecting against. Yes, just by not owning this stuff in your name takes your, your name out of the public record mm -hmm. and doesn't it, it prevents you from being such a target for a lawsuit. Exposed. Because, yeah, the first thing an attorney is going to do when they before they decide to sue you is they're going to do an asset search. Mm. They're going to look up what you own. And if you own a whole bunch of things, they're more inclined to file suit than if they look up and you don't own anything. You, you see, I don't know if you notice this, but attorneys don't so, sue poor people. They sue people who have assets because they want to get paid. And they've predetermined based on public record. Before they even sue you. And you don't even know what happened. It's an based asset on public, search. Yeah. Based on public record. Fact. Right. This right. is true. This is how they do it. So you're, you're, you have zero to your name, in a sense, is what you're saying. Right. Yeah. I don't own any real estate in my name. And that's what public record shows. And that's right. You type in my name, you're not going to see any real estate in my name. Wow. And yet you're protected. Yeah, it's a, it's a degree of protection. Nothing protects you totally, but, but the first step for a real estate investor, the cheapest, easiest step to begin to protect their assets is to not own this stuff in their name. Just get off the title. If you're on the title now, get off of it. And then when you buy real estate in the future, take title directly from the seller to your trust so you're never in the chain of title. You obviously teach this because you do it. Did you discover this early on in your journey of investing? Did you figure it out out of the gate? Did it come much later? What was that transition for you to be like, well, oh, the light bulb went off? Yeah, I started buying houses in 1969 wow. and put them in my name. And okay. I, I think I had 15 houses in my name before I woke up to the realization that that's not too smart. That all anybody has to do is go to the public records and look up what I own. Uh, you know, what the debt is, and, and, and they got me. You know, they know my, my, my net worth, and they can determine whether I'm a good person to sue with that information. Whereas if you look up my name and nothing shows up, I'm not going to look real enticing to somebody. So at that point, when you were 15 houses in, and you had that realization, was that before you knew what to do or figured out what to do, was that just a sense of vulnerability? Like, yes. hey, that's nobody's business. Yeah. Like, yeah. what was really going on there? Well, it's interesting you bring that up. Uh, my wife at the time said, well, what, are you trying to do something illegal or immoral or what, what's going on oh, here? Oh, by trying to but, hide by it. By hide things. Okay. Yeah, there's the implication when you hide something that that's negative, wow. right? Yeah. And and I'd say to my wife, no, I'm not doing anything illegal or immoral. I'm just I just think it's nobody's business what we own or control, and it's not my business what you own or control. If we're talking to two real estate investors here, mm -hmm. uh, and and now you fast forward 50 years, and now people are saying. Oh, privacy? Yeah, give me some privacy. You know, so <laughs> you were ahead of the curve. Yeah, fortunately, I was. But I had to take all those properties out of my name and put them in the land trust. I put them into separate land trusts. So you, the, what I teach is a basic tenet of asset protection, whether it's cash or stocks or bonds or whatever, is to separate them. You don't want to put 10 rental houses in one LLC, for example, or one trust for that matter, because then you're creating a nexus for a lawsuit. Still, wow. So there's layers in protection. Right. Yeah, and a lot of attorneys tell uh, real estate investors to put their properties in an LLC. I say put them in trusts, separate trusts first, and then have the LLC own the trusts as beneficiary. That way you get the asset protection benefit of the LLC, but not the exposure, because I can look up who owns an LLC. 
So you're right back to having public information. <laughs> so, you know, you, you can do it right. Uh, you can take the paperwork to do it right. It, it, if, if investing is worth it to you, then mm -hmm. you need to do it right. If you're going to take time and, you know, like at this conference, you, you take a whole weekend away from your family, mm. you're learning, hopefully, how to build wealth. You need to take a little bit of time and a little bit of money to learn how to protect that wealth as you're building it, or you'll end up 20, 30 years down the road, yeah. and it'll be taken away from you. This is fascinating, as there's so much I'm understanding. There are layers to you, which I love that. I don't even know how much we're going to get to get to. Uh, but you're known as Mr. Land Trust. I love the Mr. point to this. Tell me how and when that came about. Well, it was by accident. Uh, I love that. Yeah. I speak all over the country, uh, and I was uh, scheduled to speak to a club down in Florida, and I looked on their website just to make sure the time and date was correct, and, the, and it said, Welcome, Mr. Land Trust. He's come to speak to us about how to create land trusts. And I thought, what a great name. I've got to use that. So I, I copyrighted it. And it's all mine now. Wow. And, uh, and, and, and over the years, I've just become this kind of the go-to guy uh, when it comes to questions about land trusts. I mean, if you type into Google land trust, you get me. And that's, wow. uh, that's, uh, that's good news and bad news. I get a lot of calls from people thinking that I am the trustee of a land trust. I just got one yesterday from a lady down in South Carolina. She said... Uh, are you the trustee of uh, such and such land trust of South Carolina? And I said, no. Wow. Uh, well, I want to complain about the tenants next door. And you know, <laughs> wow. she goes on, you know, wow. that's, that avoids that problem for investors. They, they don't yeah. get those calls. I like that. Um, it's, it's a huge, wonderful marketing play, which is what I love about it. Just attack on Mr. To your, to your name there. It just creates the impression. It does. It's a great moniker, and, and I am thankful that I have it. You're one of the only people in the country that that do this and and the only person who's who's writing a newsletter in this industry. Right. Now there are uh, some attorneys that yeah. know how to do this, but I'm I'm one of only three people that I can think of that actually go around the country specifically teaching real estate investors how to create land trusts. Wow. Because once they know how to do this, they can create land trusts the rest of their life at no cost. It doesn't cost anything to create a trust. And you already have the knowledge all you to need just replicate. Is, right. And, and all you need is knowledge in the forms, and you're off and running. You can create. I, I had a guy call me the other day, uh, and he said he wanted to buy my, my home study course. I said, what are you going to do with it? And he said, I'm in Kentucky. I've got 1,500 oil and gas leases, and some of them go boom, and some of them go bust. And I don't want to put them all in one entity. Right. So he bought my course and created 1,500 land trusts and put each lease in a wow. land trust. And that's proper. Right. That's the correct thing to do. Right. Wow. There you go. So you, you teach this, you're a pro at this, but take me back to when you were a child because not everything was as successful then as it is today, right? Tell me what life was like growing up. Well, um, <laughs> life was interesting. Um, I have two older brothers and a younger sister. Uh, my father was an alcoholic. He, he uh, got in the car one day when I was 16 and drove off and never came back. That's true. We hear that That's stereotype. It's just it's, like it's that. It's just like that. He, went out he, for a pack of smokes and never returned. He went. Actually, he was a traveling salesman, and so he left that morning on his route and, and never came back that night. And eventually, we discovered that he moved to California where his parents lived and, and bunked with them for a while. Uh, but... My you were 16 at the I was 16. 
That must have been devastating. It was. I mean, I had a little sister at home. My older brothers were out of the house, and my mother was there. So it was I, the three of I, you. Yeah, I kind of had to become the man of the house. Wow. But I always had an interest in real estate investing, but I didn't have any any guidance. You know, I, uh, my father wasn't there to do that, and I had no seed money. You know, I had no parents that had enough money to say, "Here, Sonny, here's five grand to get you started," mm. like some people do. But I think most real estate investors come from a background like mine where they don't have much guidance or, or money to get started. And, th and the reason why I tell that story is not to get sympathy. It's to, to express when you start with nothing and you work really, really hard over a number of years to acquire assets, the last thing you want is some deadbeat in his contingency fee lawyer to come get your assets because of some frivolous lawsuit. So hmm. all we're trying to do is protect ourselves against those nefarious characters out there in the world that want to get rich by suing as opposed to working hard. So how did you go from nothing at 16? And I know you entered this when you were 19. You said you didn't have seed money. So what was that first revenue generating income like? Uh, that's a great, great story. Uh, I don't know if your listeners are uh, can remember, but back in the day, uh, they used to pay deposit on pop bottles. Oh, sure. You remember that? That okay. was a nickel. Five, yeah. Nickel. You get. So I, I became a professional pop bottle, pop bottle collector. Good for you. Take them to the grocery store, cash in. Wow. And that, that's how I and accumulated. And you get what, a few dollars a, a time? Yeah, depending on how many bottles yeah. I could carry. Yeah. Uh, and so I did that since, you know, practically, practically my whole life up until I was 19. And then I had an opportunity to buy the house that was catty corner behind my mother's house. I lived in my mother's house for the first two years of college, so to save money and not, you know, spend money on an apartment. Mm -hmm. And I had I'd saved up eight hundred dollars of pop bottle money. Wow! And the guy catty corner behind my ha my mother's house wanted to sell. He had a VA loan, and back in those days, you could assume a VA loan if you were not a veteran, and I certainly wasn't. Okay. And eight hundred bucks is what he needed to cash <laughs> balance to his debt. Which is funny because I gave him all, that's every, what you had. Every dime of pop bottle money I had, I assumed his loan, and it was a two-bedroom uh, little ranch on a crawl space with a one-car detached garage. I rented it out to other college students. Was that your plan from the beginning, or you didn't know what the plan was? Actually, be? actually, my plan was to buy an apartment building, but then when I really got into it, I realized, hey, you need a lot more money to buy an apartment building. Yeah. I was unaware, and nobody even talked about creative financing in those days, so. I thought I needed 20% down, so I kind of defaulted to houses because they were easier to buy and cheaper to buy. So when you bought that house, when you got the uh, $800, your your initial idea was to... Rent it out. Yeah. Rent it out. Rent it out to four other college students, hmm. uh, and it cash flowed because four wow. students, you know, they'll pay better rent than just a family would. Yeah. Uh, and then I took that cash flow, and I bought another house, and I took the com combined cash flow... And by the time I was out of college, I had three houses. Wow. And then I went to work for an insurance company that happened to be looking for office space. And they said, well, you know, if you can find a place to rent, uh, we'll, we'll hire you and you can, you can. So I went to the bank and I used the equity in those three houses to buy a small apartment or small office building. And I rented it to the insurance company that had hired me. And you know, the rest is history. <laughs> in those very early days, you're 19, 20, 21, you're starting to accumulate assets and you see a few, did you see like, oh, I'm going to become wealthy? Like you, you were no. confident. No, I, 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 I really didn't. I had a plan uh, to buy as much real estate as I could get my hands on. I knew that would be good to me in the long run, but 
other than that, I really didn't have any great plans of becoming a multimillionaire or, or, or owning a 200 houses or any other dreams that people might have. I just wanted to start uh, accumulating them uh, one at a time and get my hands on as many as I could. Wow. And then, of course, the 70s hit, and uh, we were having 1% appreciation during much of the 70s. And then I thought, oh, my gosh, I wish I had a whole lot more houses because these babies are going up at 12% a year. And that's, upre- that's free money. Appreciation is pretty cool. Non-taxable, free money, uh, at least until you take it out. It, it, yeah. you know, it increases your net worth. I was always possessed with increasing net worth. You know, never was impressed with somebody that told me, yeah, I made $500,000 last year because he may have spent 550. You know, so I always say, what did your net worth increase last year? If you want to impress me, Mm -hmm. how much did your net worth? I don't care about all the other fluff. What did you put to the bottom line? Because that's what you're going to keep. And and in real estate investing, there are lots of ways of making money, rehabbing, flipping and all that. But they're all jobs, just like any other job. I don't want a job. The way to build wealth is to buy this stuff and hold it. Hold it, hold it, hold it. And one day you wake up and the mortgage is gone. And you go from $100 a month cash flow to $1,000 a month cash flow. And one day that happens. And then you realize the power of real estate. Because somebody else, the tenants, paid the debt off for you. Mm. And now all of a sudden you're making 1000 a month on one little bitty house. So you can imagine if you have a whole bunch of little bitty houses, what that kind of adds up to. So that's the game. Wow, Mr. Land Trust, I wish we had more time to dig deeper. I want to know as we wrap it up here, looking back on your life to date, even going back to your early teen years, to that whole transition, what is the guiding principle for those listening that you live by? What has it all hinged on? What kind of sense can we make well, of from, all this? Well, from a real estate perspective, perspective, I always tell the new investors to find something to invest in that fits their personality. Uh, I've, I've invested in apartment buildings, commercial buildings, uh, 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 restaurants, and I always come back to the single family house because uh, it's the best investment for me. My personality is, uh, is, fits well with the tenants that rent those houses. It didn't fit well with, with uh, student rental apartments, that sort of thing. I just didn't get along with but houses, it fits my personality. Now, I know a lot of people that become very wealthy doing other things and more power to them. So if you're good at, at apartment buildings, knock yourself out. But find what fits your personality, something you enjoy doing. Because if you hate doing what you're doing, even if you're making money, that's not good for you. You need to not only make money, but enjoy it while you're making it. And I love the house business. It's, it's a great business. Uh, and uh, I'm glad I've been in it for five decades. Clearly, Mr. Land Trust. Amazing. How can people follow up and keep the conversation going with you? Well, the first off, they can go to my website and get a lot of free information about Land Trust. Okay. That's uh, LandTrustMadeSimple.com. That's Land Trust with an S. That's plural. MadeSimple.com. Uh, my phone number's on there. My email is in there. Uh, but start there. And if you have any questions, call me or email me. I answer my phone seven days a week from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Wow. Uh, so I, I believe in giving great service to my students and, and I'd be welcome to have you or any of your other folks that are listening, become a student of mine. I'll be there for you. As you've been here for us right here, right now, Randy Hughes, Mr. Land Trust, can't get enough, my, my, my friend. Thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity, sir. 
Thanks for listening to The Hidden Entrepreneur Show. Make sure to subscribe through iTunes or Google Play so you can get notified every time we publish a new episode. And we'd love to hear your thoughts with an honest review on iTunes. Finally, follow us on your favorite social media platforms to keep the conversation going with Josh Carey and today's guest. Until next time.